welcome to the Mind Your Leadership podcast. I'm Karen Sook. In this podcast, I will have conversations with thought leaders, CEOs, and managers from various organizations about leading mindfully. We will learn from experienced leaders how they implement mindful leadership in the day-to-day organizational culture, and we will gain tools and skills. So stay with us. Hello. Today, I will speak with Lisa Morton. Lisa is the CEO and founder of Ronald Bransfield, one of the most established communication agencies in Manchester, England. For the last 24 years, Lisa and the team work to create meaningful, lasting business relationships that create both business growth and social impact. Lisa's commitment to purpose-driven work is exemplified by Roland Transfin, We Build the City podcast, a podcast series which hears from natives and inhabitants of Manchester, England, who put their heart into Greater Manchester. In this episode, we will speak about how leaders and businesses communicate their values in a transparent and authentic way, and why it's so crucial, and what is it important to implement transparent communication, and what does it mean, and what are the other mistakes that we are doing as leaders and individuals in communication. So stay with us. Lisa, it's a great that you are with us. Thank you for joining the conversation. Thank you for inviting me, Karen. I'm, I'm delighted. So Lisa, I would be happy to hear about your uh, agency, Roland Dransfield. Roland Dransfield, yeah. There's a story behind that, which I'll tell you. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so I want to hear now and why you started this company and the story about the name. So sure. Thank you. So it is an unusual name and it's actually the name is, is named after my godfather who was called Roland Dransfield. Mm-hmm. And the reason I started the business up, um, first of all, was because I'd been at a few PR agencies and I decided that I knew enough at that point, or I thought I knew enough at that point to know how I wanted to run a business and, and how I didn't want to run a business. And what was important to me um, in terms of the way that I would relate to clients and also a, a team around me. So I'd learned some very good lessons and I'd learned some lessons of how I definitely didn't want to do it. Mm. And I think many of the values, um, my business values, I suppose, had been uh, learned, been taught to me by Roland. So Roland was um, a very close member of our family. Um, He actually met my dad when my dad was a mechanic and my dad used to mend Roland's cars. Mm -hmm. So he met my dad under under his bonnet, I think. And over a period of time was impressed with my dad's ability and his relationship building and the quality of his work. So he gave my dad a job, which was great. And, And that changed our lives, you know, helped us to get great education and all that kind of stuff. But Roland, from a very early age, used to come to my house and he'd talk to dad about business and I'd be listening and I'd be really intrigued. Um, and then I suppose in, in the 70s, in, well, it was the 70s then, most of the, the kids, the girls I knew were going to go to be teachers or nurses or our mums, if they were, worked as in you know, clerical jobs. So I didn't really see women in business around me. Mm-hmm. So he came to my house one day with a bucket and a sponge 
And he said to me, right, you're in business today. I was eight. Um, and he said, I want you to go around and wash the neighbor's cars and they won't all want you to wash the cars. You're going to have to take some no's, but go and knock on the doors. And he said, and when you've done that, if you can afford to pay me back for the bucket and the sponge, that you're in profit, you're in business. He said, if you've not, you're going to have to go and do it next Sunday until you can pay me back. And the family, we just can't remember how much that bucket and the sponge was, but I was in profit day one. There's no way I was going back owing him money. And then I had that business. I had a car washing round then from being eight to 50. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's nice. Awesome. And then I fell in love with shoes. So I went to work in a shoe shop on a Saturday. But the, the stuff I learned as a young girl for at eight, it created so much um, learning and ability and a foundation that I didn't know had, had been created, I think. So, you know, stuff like, you know, quality of service or, you know, taking the nose or, you know, if you leave a dirty streak on a car, they're going to chip chip your price. So uh-huh. there was tons of great stuff. And so when I started my business, which I always knew that I would, I would have my own business, it was natural to call it after Roland. And so 26 wow. years ago, and, you know, I've, I try over those years to show up in the way that he taught me. Wow. Such an amazing story. I love it. <laughs> What an inspiration. And I love it. You know, as a kid, you started with the, to play with you, you know, go and watch the cars and you only started, uh, you know, exploring and learning from it and what a big impact it had on your life. So this is amazing. And I really love the story. It's not a common story. That's for sure. So you said during what the, the story that you had lessons during your career of what you want to be and what you don't want to be as a company or business. So I'd be happy to hear it. So things that I've learned. Well, for me, when I started in public relations all that way back and there was no internet either. So my kids can't believe I started a business without in the internet. So, <laughs> um, but it was about relationships, I suppose. And even in those, you know, those days, it was about having to form those relationships because you couldn't buy them or acquire them very quickly. There wasn't the technology to do that. But I'd seen a lot of sexism. I'd seen a huge amount of poor behavior that would never, ever be allowed now. You know, I think men in those days, and even a female boss at the time, actually, it was based on hierarchy. There's some you know, intimidation. There was fear on the part of some of those leaders because they could see young people coming up who were clearly talented and maybe better at some things than they were. So for me... I felt that my in two of my three jobs when I was started out, there's a lot of toxicity, mm. and I, and you know the use you know the damage that that does to the individual and to the culture of the business. So for me, I was less concerned about the business I ended up with. It happened to be PR, and it's been a great PR and communications has been a wonderful career. But for me, I was uh, curious about how I could create a business that had a heart and a platform, and that would create a great experience for people who came through that business for mm. a period of time and wore, wore my company shirt, my business shirt for a while and then passed it on to somebody else. For me, I saw it as a legacy piece, which means that you can't have scarcity mentality. You have to create abundance. Mm-hmm. You have to create those stories when people go, I worked at that place for that period of my life. And it was, it, you know, they nurtured me. I grew um, I contributed. So that was my starting point when I started the business because I'd not seen a lot of that previously. So amazing. You're saying that you decided to do the opposite of what you experienced. 
So you experience a lot of competition and, and not a appreciation and a lot of uh, intimidation, right? And it's, you know, unfortunately, lately I hear about a lot of bullying, like aggressive behavior in the, the workplace. And I mm-hmm. always surprised that it still exists, but maybe mm-hmm. I'm really naive. And you said, okay, let's create a band as a company that appreciate each other, right? And create connections and enable people to flourish. And I really agree with you because when people can bring themselves fully and their present and the uniqueness, then the company can succeed. Otherwise, I don't see another option, you know, but again, maybe it's not so common as we see it nowadays, but so there's a, I'm really happy to hear that this is your vision and your mission. You know, it's interesting, a PR company, because um, it's around communication, and I really believe communication, it's a crucial, crucial element in relationships, in personal life, in professional life, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'll be happy to hear about the communication aspect, how you see it, what are the mistakes companies and leaders are making when they're trying to create this communication? I mean... There are so many mistakes that are made. I I think for me, one of the key issues, I suppose, when I was learning in the business, there was a lot of talk then about keeping things out of the media, you know, covering something up with a different story. There was, and you were able to do that far more then than you are now because we had yeah. <laughs> we had a set of journalists and you had you know um we were li- limited in terms of the platforms that we had to communicate on mm-hmm. now it's it's obviously far more difficult so organizations have to be so much more transparent and honest and have integrity mm-hmm. um obviously some organizations don't but you do tend to find now that you've very quickly found out you know you you call to account very quickly so that's a good thing. And I think it's definitely improved the behaviors and the contribution of, of organizations and their sense of their place in, in the wider picture. You know, I, I do believe that the good businesses are those who don't feel that, you know, that they're there to, they can use all the resources up around them for their own good, just to benefit them commercially. It's, it's about both, you know, for human beings and organizations and brands, you know, how can we use the resources that we have? to create more resources. Mm -hmm. So the businesses that do that well are the ones that see that their responsibility in this world is more than just, you know, the bottom line. And they're also the businesses who can retain and recruit great people. So I would say one of the the examples of where there's been really poor, it's not the communication, but it's been a poor value-based potentially is, you know, in the UK, we've, we've got a very big fast fashion industry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there've been examples of some of those businesses who, those brands who've had huge engagement uh, and huge commercial success, probably with a young market because their garments and their fashion is, 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 very, is very cheap. So on the one hand, you've got so much branding, influencers, you know, all looks great. And they've got the young audience pulled in and uh, loyal to that brand. And then, you know, it's come to light that, the supply chain that they're using, you know, you, you kind of trace those steps back mm-hmm. and the values of that organization are clear in terms of the fact that the people down the line are getting paid, you know, they're not getting paid a living wage, that they're in, they're working in poor conditions. So that's an example of something that actually occurred in the UK, probably 18 months ago or two years ago, around about the time of COVID. 
Mm. Um, and it massively damages the reputation of the owners of that business and that business because we won't tolerate that now. You know, human beings are with decent people. So it doesn't take long before something like that is exposed. And, you know, your reputation is on the floor straight away. When we advise clients and we are values driven and we, we, we'll probably talk about that. So we take, we do attract and we'll only work with organizations whose values that who live and breathe those values and we can, and they can demonstrate that. And if they can't and need help mm-hmm. do that, we'll work with them because that's their integrity. Yeah. So for me, I think businesses are getting much wiser and much cleverer and that's great to see. I think there's very few, you know, and we wouldn't tolerate if anybody came to us as a communications agency and said, can you cover this up for us? I mean, we just, mm-hmm. that's a massive red flag straight away. Okay, so interesting. You're talking about the fact that really nowadays we can't cover it up anymore, right? Because it's all out there, even if we won't put it there. So people will put it there and show the gap and then we can uh, lose our credentials. So I really connect to it. And you say that, you know, from my experience working with leaders and organizations, there's always kind of a gap between the values that we put in the wall and what's happening in the day-to-day. And this is actually the challenge to close this gap. So how you as a PR agency are doing it? Because, you know, at the end of the day, they need to want to embrace the values and to look at the gap and to reflect upon it and do the work because otherwise it won't succeed. So it's interesting that you are doing it with your clients. You're coming and asking to see their values and say, okay, let's see if you really align with your values and if not, let's change the PR process or Mm -hmm. values. Mm, Absolutely. And so you have to evidence, you have to show up against those values. And and like you said, it's not enough just to have them on the wall. Mm -hmm. We we do have ours on the wall and and they're there for all to see, but they are absolutely the DNA of our organization. The business is called Roland Dransfield. So we we have the Roland Dransfield way. Mm-hmm. And those are 15 values and we all know them, but we, we use them to, you know, recruit new people. We, we use them to um, not just monitor technical ability. We monitor behaviors against the values. Mm-hmm. We have a value that we take each week and we, um, we adopt that value for the week. And then at the end of the week, we, we look at how we aligned with it. So for example, a no integrity slippage. So that is do what you say you'll do when you said you'll do it the way you said you'll do it. And so that's about showing up, you know, it's about not over promising and under delivering. It's about having that integrity. It has to be perfect, but you just have to do what you said you'll do. Now, it's very difficult to have integrity all the time. If the intention is there, then that's that's the key. One of our values is admit it, fix it, move on. Mm -hmm. And so that's not a cop out. That is let's come together. If we're going to be doing good stuff and we're going to be moving forward and changing things and having impact, we all make mistakes. So let's own it and let's work with the mistake. And that, you know, we'll do the, do the same with clients because you just can't get it right all the time. But often, if you admit it and then you work together to fix that, when you do move on, the outcome is often far better and far stronger and more hopeful than it was before you made the mistake. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a great learning process. So we have, we set the value and then at the end of the week, we'll do admit it, fix it, move on. And we'll just interrogate how we showed up and how we can improve those things. And it's fun, you know, we we make it, it's not, it's not hierarchical. It's not top down. It's, it's completely inclusive and we have fun with it. So it's, it's just continual improvement. 
That's an amazing uh, tip. I love it for the listeners to take every week a different value. And then you also reflect upon it and it's in your mind. So you embrace it more fully. Otherwise you can forget it. But the fact that you are playing with it and giving it space and place and time Mm -hmm. uh, creates, I think, creates ripples and a bigger effect. So I love it. But you know, it's interesting that you said at the beginning, the integrity, because I remember way back when I thought about my values, I I was... uh, kind of afraid to put the integrity there because they say, okay, maybe if I won't be able to, to create it, maybe if it, sometimes I will flip, as you said. So I didn't put it out there. Because <laughs> they say, okay, you know, that's the perfectionistic part of myself that I, yeah. if I won't do it. But I like it that you say, okay, we're putting our intention. This is what we want to do. Maybe we won't be perfect and we're human beings and that's okay. We're making mistakes, but the ability to pause, reflect and take ourselves back to the center, to the values, this is a great practice to do. So we need to dare and say what we, we want. <laughs> it was funny that you started with, with the integrity. I love it. You talked about another thing that resonated with me. And you talked about uh, make mistakes and the, the value to, to go forward with it. So it's interesting when a client, when you are working with a client, you say, okay, we can't cover it anymore. For an example, okay, a client you're working with made a mistake. What would you advise them to do in the prior process? So you mean if, if a client's made a mistake which could have reputational yeah. harm? Damage, yeah. Own it, apologize, be human. Mm. As, as soon as possible, go very quickly. And the same within an organization from an internal communications point of view. I remember so at the beginning of the pandemic, the lockdown situation, I mean, so many organizations, we didn't have a toolkit, did we, to handle any of that? I mean, businesses are imploding, people were frightened. It was uh, it was all a lot and very overwhelming. And um, a friend of mine who's also a client and a, and a very well-known former footballer, uh, Premier League footballer in the UK and a, a football pundit, he said to me, he used to play for Manchester United, one of the, the biggest clubs in the world. And uh, Sir Alex Ferguson, who was a very famous manager there for a long time, he said to me, tell them what's going on in the boardroom. Hmm. Just tell them. And it's a metaphorical boardroom because we were all on Zoom at that point. So, you know, for me, and this is what then I said to our clients, don't wrap it up, don't sugarcoat things. You know, literally, if you're frightened as a leader, it's okay. You're okay. We can be vulnerable here because we don't have the answers. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I took that that advice and I I did that every single morning. I literally communicated every nuance, every change, every piece of bad news, everything. And we said the same to our clients. And we saw our clients grow, strengthen their relationships with their teams because they were literally doing this, looking into the eyes directly of every single person in their team and saying, I've not got the answers. Mm. but this is what I can tell you. This is what's happening. And, you know, you saw that in, in brands and businesses in the pandemic. They're the ones that added value and, and uh, retained the culture in their organization. And probably their stock in trade and their, their stock in their reputation, their character strengthened through that period of time because it was a shift. For me, it's, it's literally transparency. And tell them, even if there's nothing to tell them, communicate that. And it's vitally important. So crucial, yes, it's being vulnerable and not always having the answers and showing up and saying, this is what I know. The fact that you do it, people will much more be with you and be engaged because you, they will believe you 
that when you will know, you will tell them. Mm-hmm. But if you're playing a rosy picture that everything is okay, people, you know, feel the cracks and don't really go with you. So it's amazing. I think you say it's also for leaders internally and also externally as a peer mm-hmm. process show up fully and honor your mistakes. It's okay to make mistakes, right? But you need to own them and go forward. And then you can engage much more people because it will be from an authentic place. And you know, it's amazing because when I started my business and I really, I had antagonism to sales, sales and marketing, it's not the same, but it felt like a fake. I said, okay, well, I need to play the game. And during the process of my evolving and evolving of my company, I learned to show up fully and be authentic and, you know, bring myself fully. And this is actually what sells, right? At the end of the day, this is what sells. The, the, our humanity, our uniqueness, our vulnerability, it's much more... I think this is also our uniqueness, right? Otherwise, you're playing a game, showing something, someone else agenda, but you're not there, so they can connect with you. Totally agree. And, you know, the world needs more leaders. And I think what I saw in that period of time that we certainly created more leaders in our business, in our clients' businesses, because that hierarchy and that that construct of an of a business or an office where people sit together and you might have senior people in one area and the more junior people in another you know, that was all blown apart. Yeah. Uh, we One of our values is leaders create leaders. But the thing that I learned very much in COVID was if you, as a leader, give out the persona that you got it nailed, even when you're frightened inside or you don't know the answers, but you like, no, I have to be seen to have all of this sorted. That's terrifying for people who might want to be a leader, but don't feel that they can because they don't feel that they've got it all sorted. Mm-hmm. So by showing that vulnerability and the fact that, you know, we are imperfect leaders, it's taking those small steps that, that creates leaders. I, I just feel that we're able to create a, a better movement and create more people who are prepared to step forward and say, you know, I can be a leader. I don't have to know everything. Uh-huh. So it's really inspiring to others also to show up and go forward instead of being stuck in fictionization that all is perfect. So exactly. Really relate with it. Lisa, I know that you have your own podcast and serving your community. I'd be happy to hear about it and also your advice to our listeners. How can they also take this value of serving and doing it in their day to day? Well, yes. Yeah, so we launched a podcast and had no idea, but the, the, the launch date was the lockdown date in the UK. So we went from wow. learning a whole new, um, whole new kind of skill set so then having, so we had three episodes that recorded in person and then we had to learn then how to record like, you know, on, on your bed with a duvet on your head to try and yeah. get the sound. <laughs> it's very, very uh, uh, rudimentary. But the, the podcast is called We Built This City. And I decided to do that to honour Manchester, which is the city region um, that I've made my career in. It's my kind of personal headquarters, I suppose. And it was to, again, but it was about born, bred or adopted Mancunians, but it's about their values, their purpose, their relationships and their legacy. Mm -hmm. So even though it's about very interesting people from politics, business, culture, um, education, it's really about what what knits communities together. How do we need to show up? And it's to demonstrate the fact that if you put in more than you take out, Mm -hmm. that creates a wonderful life or career that's your legacy and you know we're also connected um and i think people are searching more now than ever for that 
connection rather than just trying to acquire more stuff or get the next pay rise. So, so that podcast has been, you know, we, we've now down to, I think, 75 Mancunians. So it's been an amazing project. And that led to us um, being approached by existing clients and other businesses to create, you know, audio strategies and help them create communities with podcasts too. So we've now got a business called Purposeful Podcasts. Uh-huh. Uh, we just won a number of awards last night for some of our clients. And so it's heartwarming to understand and to fact so many people and businesses now want to create these these communities and, and connections that where, where they can, their brands and their kind of their individuals can speak rather than kind of hide you behind a logo. It's about coming out and mm. all being at one together. So I think podcasting, you know, it's, it's been life-changing for me and, you know, probably for yourself. It's, it's a really way of, great way of connecting with somebody like you that we wouldn't have done before. Right. Amazing. Yes. I think podcasts, you can spread the word, right? You can speak with different people, uh, like-minded people, and share knowledge and wisdom and tools. And this is a way to give back to the community, right? Mm-hmm. And then people also get to know you, so it comes back, you know. But you know, the intention is to put it out there and share what you have. And yes, especially now in the corona, now post-corona, but the coronavirus was a good time to start with. Yeah. Home, <laughs> <laughs> so we can connect and communicate with people. <laughs> Great, Lisa, it's really inspiring your story and I love it. Before we wrap up, is there any question that I didn't ask you or something that you want to share with us, the audience? Um, I suppose what I'd like to get across is how important I think it is for us to create legacies as as individuals and as as organizations. And our 15th value and my favorite is plant trees you'll never see which is leave a legacy out of respect um, for those who follow. And it's it's kind of, it's actually um, taken from the All Blacks, um, who are the New Zealand national rugby team and one of the most successful sporting teams in the world ever. And it's kind of a Maori tradition, which is about, you know, we should have responsibility to plant trees that we'll never sit in the shade of. Mm-hmm. And so this is really how I, when I go back to the beginning one of the reasons I wanted to start the business up was is to create a community and to create those stories and to put an imprint on life that you can do as a collective of people by using that platform. And um, that gives me way more pleasure now. For me, that's the purpose of the business. Whereas when I first started it, I suppose it was about how do we help clients communicate. Now, my when I get up in the morning and the team gets up, we're constantly thinking about how we can help our clients leave a legacy mm-hmm. and how we can connect them to each other and make magic happen. And, you know, when we, you know, we all get it, you feel that metaphorical kind of tap on your shoulder. And, and you know, it's like, what am I here to do? What resources do I have that perhaps nobody else has? Um, and what job is there for me that if I don't do it, perhaps nobody else will. So if we can encourage you know, it's, it's, if we can encourage our clients and our communities to think like that, then I think we're going to ha- you have a, the world's going to be a much better place. Mm-hmm. So for me, I just would urge organizations to think about what they can do. What what can they put in more than focusing on like what can we all get out? So amazing. You're saying let's change our mindset, our paradigm. Instead of only looking at the bottom line, let's see how we can serve our community, our employees, our customers and be in abundance of thinking right and then things will emerge and come out of it but don't adopt only a narrow side of thinking about the bottom line because then it doesn't work anymore like this it's important but it's like the fuel in the car but it's 
not the the essence of the things. And ask yourself how you can better serve actually and be there. And then you can also evolve and grow and succeed because you will bring your value to your clients and your employees and your community. So I really connect to your value. I love the the value plants, trees that you won't see. I didn't hear about it. Now I'm curious what the other values that you have. Can you say them quickly? <laughs> <laughs> there's 15, there's a lot. So we talked about integrity. Integrity. There's another one that I love, which is um, Sweep the Sheds. And that's also from the All Black. So the story behind this is the fact that being the, you know, one of the most successful teams the world's ever known, no job is too small. And it's about pride in the work that needs to be done. So the small things. And so the reason we brought this in, it was because we had a situation in the team at that time when we, we did a whole culture change um, where some of the more senior people that we brought in the business to expand quickly in new skill set areas and new sectors, those some of those people had come in with egos and agendas, which were from wherever their lived experience was. And so there was a there's a disconnect for me. Mm. So we brought that we did the culture work so that we could empower everybody. It doesn't matter if you had two weeks experience or 22 years, we were going to be measured by the same behaviors. So I used to just get so fed up the fact that the senior team would go and do a meeting and then leave all the coffee cups and the biscuits and the board would just leave it for somebody who, who was going to go and do that job for them and clean up. So Sweep the Sheds is the story of the All Blacks that after they've been out on the on the field and they've inevitably smashed the, the, the visitors and they've, they've won the game, once they've celebrated in their sheds, which are the changing rooms, they allow everybody to leave and they clean their sheds, they sweep their sheds and they leave it in pristine condition. And so the job of cleaning the sweeping the sheds is important to them as going out into the field and, and beating the opponents. So to me, that's a lovely, lovely value of how we need to make sure that the, you know, the small stuff really matters mm-hmm. um, and that we should not expect other people to do our work for us. Like taking ownership on our work, right? Not leaving others to clean after mm-hmm. us. I love it. <laughs> Amazing. Nisa, if people want to reach out to you, where can they find you? So they can find us on Twitter at RDPR Tweets or at Purposeful Pods and on Instagram at Roland Ransfield. Nisa, it was a great pleasure. Thank you for sharing with us your knowledge and experience. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. And I love the work you do. I've watched some of your videos and we have so much in common. So I've, I've learned a lot. So thank you so much. And I've really enjoyed this connection. Thank you. Thank you thank very much. You. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. You're invited to subscribe to our podcast in order to know when we upload a new episode and follow us on social media. Thank you for listening. Until next time, take care and bye-bye.